In today's show, I'm looking ahead to the fantasy basketball playoffs. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Hope you guys are okay without any shows over the last two days. We're not going to have a full range of shows this week, of course, but there will be some small things. Today, we're looking at the Fantasy Basketball Playoffs. There'll be a waiver wire show. There'll be a buy low, sell high show. There'll be an injury update show. And then we're back into the swing of things by the end of the week. So that's what we're doing. So we're not doing our usual load of shows because, of course, we can't. But we'll do updates of stuff that is going on. And I thought it was a good time. I know people absolutely obsess over this and often to their detriment. But it's time to talk about fantasy playoffs. And by detriment, I mean people make every move possible to try and squeeze one extra game in the fantasy playoffs when yeah, a game might get postponed. A game, a player might get injured. A player might get rested. And yes, having a guy that plays extra games um, gives you more benefit or more um, cushion if there is an injury, but it doesn't always work out as perfectly as you, as you think. And people will often make trades just solely for this purpose versus making sure that the trade makes sense for their team, making sure that it makes sense in what their matchup is going to be potentially in the playoffs and screwing themselves over that way. So be really, really cautious. And remember, everyone else in your league, if they're switched on, if they, and if they're in the playoffs, they probably are, they're going to be looking at the fantasy playoff schedule as well. So you're not going to be swinging like a 12 for a 9 or anything like that. I wouldn't have thought. And if you are, good luck to you. But that often just means that your team's probably that good anyway because the other people aren't paying attention in fantasy. So that's another thing that I think when we talk fantasy playoff schedules is that if you are in a league that's competitive and you're getting down to the best teams, everyone has the same information. I'm not providing any specific information here that is unknown. The schedule is known. We know this. So just be really, really cautious about executing these deals. What a way to hype up a show. Wow, you're going to want to listen to this info, which I'm not sure is going to be particularly useful. But you know what? We're going to do it anyway. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this three different fantasy playoff setups that I'm going to look at. This is the one that I have recommended and the one that I suggested before the start of the season, and that is you end your season on March the 27th so that your season, your playoffs start on March the 7th. So we're not that far away from that. Again, we miss out the last two weeks of the bullshit in the NBA. Even that, to be honest, finishing on the 27th, you might will still get bullshit in that week. You might be better off finishing on the 20th, but that, that is cutting it early. But let's go the 27th. I never want to play into April in fantasy basketball. That's just always going to be my rule. I never want to play into April, but I have no problem wiping off the final three weeks where silliness happens. But let's look at it this way. We finish on the 27th. We start the playoffs on the 7th. Only one team over that three-week period plays 12 games, and that's the Utah Jazz. A bunch of teams, they've got a 4-4-4 playoff schedule, right? You don't know what 4-4-4 means. Four games in week one, four games in week two, four games in week three. And then we've got a bunch of teams that play nine. 
The Pacers, they go 3-3-3. The Grizzlies go 3-3-3. The Celtics, they go 3-3-3. The Bucks go 3-3-3. The Kings have a weird one. They go 3-4-2. So two games only in championship week, grand final week. The Clippers also go 4-3-2. They have two games in championship week. So that week... Um, of the 21st, you've got a few teams that actually only play two games that week. You've got the Clippers that play two games, the Kings, the Spurs also play two games that week. So while the Spurs schedule looks a little bit better where they play 10 games in total, because they go 4-4-2, you'd never want those two-game weeks in the playoffs. So they are teams to avoid. Other teams that have two-game weeks throughout that three-game stretch, well, there's really only one other, and that is the Miami Heat in week two of the playoffs. They have a two-game week there as well. Nobody has a five-game week, but we've got four teams with two game weeks, which makes it you know, obviously a little bit uh, frustrating to have players on those two teams, the Kings and the Clippers, plus the Spurs and the Heat. You're going to have a two-game week in there. Now, a two-game week is it's not the be-all and end-all, but I, I think where you might actually get value in trades is looking at that Heat team or looking at that Spurs team. Because they don't have the nine games on, Right, where people automatically are nine games, that's a terrible schedule. They've got 10. So switching a, a Heat player, a top-end guy, an Adebayo, a Butler, Hero, Lowry, Spurs, maybe it's DeJounte Murray. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's maybe it's Devin Vassell. Maybe it's Jakob Pertl. And trading them for another team that plays 10, the Bulls, the Nets, the Cavs. You get the same amount of games, but you don't get that two-game week in there which can be important, I think, to have those games spread out a bit. The other thing that's worth mentioning as well is quality games. You know what a quality game is, and if you don't, here it is. A quality game to me is a game that is played on a day that there is low volume, meaning that if there is nine games or fewer in the NBA on that day, I consider that a quality game because that means if your player plays on that day, you will have roster spots to throw them into your active lineup. This is based on a standard 13-man roster with your 10 starters, 3 bench. If if a day has got 10 games, or it's got 11 games, or it's got 12 games, nearly always you're going to have to make some sort of start-sit decision, decision, and therefore the the back end of your roster, your worst player, your second worst player, um, might not get use of that game. The guys you pick off the waiver wire might not get use there. So it's a wild difference here. The Warriors play 11 games. I should tell you who else plays 11 games. It's the Nuggets, the Sixers, Rockets, Warriors, Wolves, Lakers, Pistons, Knicks, Wizards, Mavericks, Suns, Hawks, Blazers, Pelicans. You can check all this out. There is a link in the description for the Basketball Monster schedule grid to see who plays when. But the Warriors, nine game, nine quality games through their 11 games, meaning that if you, if you have back-end Warriors players... Maybe that's Otto Porter, Jordan Poole, for example, is that you'll be able to use them. Say Jordan Poole's your worst or second worst player, right? You will be able to use him nine games through the playoffs. Contrast that with the Celtics having four quality games. Let's think of the name there. Maybe it's Al Horford. Maybe Al Horford's probably not your worst player, but maybe he is. If Al Horford's your worst player, you might literally get to use him four times through three weeks, meaning that you're trading him for a player on, say, the Pacers or the Bucks, still nine games total, or still nine games total, but you get someone who you can actually, they have, they, they're seven of their nine games are quality games. And the more 
players you can get to play on the low volume days, the better it is for you. So you're not into that situation where you've got 45 games for the week, but you have to sit seven blokes down because they're playing on the high schedule days and therefore you only end up with 39. So the Celtics with a terrible schedule with the four games, there are a few that have got fives as well. The Kings and the Clippers have got five in the quality games. So do the Spurs. Only five of their 10 are quality games. Another reason to talk about where they've got a two-game week and just five quality games, not ideal, even though they play 10 games, which is not the worst, but it's out of the, out of the teams that play 10, they've got a pretty bad setup. So you know, when you're looking at the, the high-end guys, like the, the Warriors, getting those higher quality games, I think is really, really important to getting that value across in your fantasy league. But it's also important to get the built bars into your body because we all love a healthy treat. We love treats. We, look, let's, let's be honest. We love things that taste great. But often they're not good for us. Like a candy bar, it's filled with fat and sugar and calories. Whereas a built bar, it's full of protein and it's low in carbs and it's low in calories. You can't do much better than that. Built bar's got so many delicious flavors as well. We're all looking to get healthier. Don't worry about New Year's resolutions. If you didn't do it, don't worry about it. It's fine. Get back on now. Get your built bars. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can save 15% off your order of built bars. Built bar is built different. Let's look at the next lot of playoffs. Now, I've given the the uh, the chat about what all this stuff means, so let's just bang through this stuff now. And we'll look at the playoffs, which is the default Yahoo playoffs ending on April the 3rd. You're getting into iffy territory here because you have to deal with that week, that second last week of the season, when there is going to be weird stuff happening. And you can make trades for guys, and there'll be rests, and there'll be weird players stepping up in weird spots. You know, You'll get like a you know Vic Krejci playing 40 minutes a night for the Thunder at some point. He's a guess. But you can't, you can't plan for that. So let's look at how the old schedule plays out here. We've got a lot of teams over this time frame that played 12 games. Four of them. The Blazers, the Wizards, the Cavs, and the Sixers. The Blazers, the Wizards, and the Sixers all have a standard 4-4-4 schedule. The Cavs, a bit different. 4-3-5. Now, five games in championship week for the Cavs, is very interesting. But will they play? Will they play all five games is the question, isn't it? Because what they what they have in that week, they play on Monday, they play a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back, they play a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. So I would worry about two back-to... There's four games in five nights there to end that week. Is Kevin Love going to play all four of those games? Is Darius Garland's back going to need a rest in one of those games? Um, yeah, most of the other guys you think would be all right, Markinen and Allen and Mobley. But if they're sort of locking into their seeding position, and they probably aren't, but if they are locking into a seeding position, that five-game week becomes a four-game week really easily, just with the way that schedule's set up with four games in five nights. So while it might be great to have Cavs players and get five games in that final week, it could also turn a 12-game uh, week, in, uh, 12-game playoffs into a 10-game playoffs by players resting on both back-to-backs. Garland and Love specifically. That, that's who I'd be worried about with Garland with his back. Who knows? Like Someone could get injured in the meantime, and then they're coming back, and you get three games out of Jarrett Allen in that week because he sprained his ankle, touch wood, yeah, in the All-Star break, and he's just working his way back. So that, that is one to be careful of, the 4-3-5. Only two teams play nine games. So we've got most, you know, nearly every team, either playing 12 to 10. It's not, they're not big differences. Two games extra over three weeks. I don't think he's going to make or break things. And it's one of the advantages of punting in head-to-head category leagues as well is that you insulate yourself against schedule disparities. If you're punted well enough and your team is strong enough and set up the right way, 
you can deal with having too fewer games and still get consistent wins. It is it is one of the advantages of punting is being able to deal with schedule irregularities. The Clippers and the Grizzlies play nine. The Grizzlies have a three three three, while the Clippers have a three two four. So not not ideal there at all. With that uh, that two game week again for the Clippers, which we just spoke about. That doesn't look great for them. Is there any the other the other interesting weeks, I guess, or, or days in this schedule? You've got the Heat who start those playoffs with a two game week. They go two four four. So again, it's not totally reflected. Um, we know that the Kings and the Spurs have two games in the middle um, in in week two of those playoffs, as we just talked about prior. And you've got the Cavs with a five game week, which is the only five game week throughout this entire entire playoffs. If you want to look quality games. The Bulls are in the uh, box seat here. They, they only play 11 games, but nine of them are on low-volume days. So that helps your Alex Caruso's, who should be back. Maybe it's Javante Green, Kobe White, Ayo Desunmu, who are fr- who I think at that point, yeah, Lonzo might be back, could be back, possibly back. Caruso should be back. And days, those guys like Desunmu's and White's and Green's become more fringy players. But if they're a fringy player and they play nine quality games, it's a lot better than, say, someone who's playing for the Rockets or the Thunder, or the Mavericks, who have 11 total games, but just five quality games. Like a Reggie Bullock versus Ayo Desunmu, 12th best player, 13th best player on your team sort of area. Nine games versus five. There's a distinction. There's a huge distinction. There's a bunch of teams that have just four quality games, which is not great. Four, the Suns have got four. The Spurs have got four. The Kings have got four. And the Celtics have got four out of 10. That's really bad. So again, your fringe players, Keldon Johnson, maybe Devin Vassell, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, the Kings, who are whatever the bloody hell's going on there, Davion Mitchell, Justin Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo. You might use them four times in three weeks. That's pretty rough. Whereas you compare like the Bucks, for example, who play only 10 games, but seven of them are good ones. The Hornets play seven good ones out of their 10. Yeah, that's that's better. Like getting a Bucks player or a Hornets guy who's a fringe player, you might be able to use him seven times versus getting a Thunder player who gets five games out of his 11. It's always important to note that. Very, very important in fantasy to note when those games occur as opposed to or in conjunction with the volume of games that we have. But football's over. You know that. Basketball, we're in full swing. Heading towards the playoffs in pro and college and in fantasy hoops. So from the latest odds, totals, and player performance props, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Odds right to your Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let us go now to the last playoffs. And this is the absolute worst situation you could find yourself in. I feel really bad for you if your league does this. And I do this every year at the start of the season. I talk about these are the settings you should have. I talk about changing your playoff dates. I talk about don't have um, undroppable lists. I talk about don't have a four center limit. Shout out to you, ESPN. I talk about don't have two starting centers. Shout out to you, Yahoo. Yeah, these are all the things that we make sure you've got injured reserve slots, multiple ones when setting up a league. But plenty of people would have found this show in the middle of the season and their league will go absolutely horrifically and, until the end of the season. Now, if you play in a roto league, there's no problem with going to the last day of the season. In fact, that's what I would encourage. 
If you're in a head-to-head -head league, it is just disaster, and it's shithouse, and you should not do it, and your league is bad if it does that. Sorry, it just is. It's just a bad decision. And I know that someone in the comments will go, we go there, because it's a real you know, test, test for everyone's skills of getting the right free agents. It's bullshit. It has no bearing on what's happened throughout the season on how you've built your team and trades and drafting and free agency because it just becomes the wild west in that last week championship week you don't yeah it's it doesn't actually come down to what you've done over the course of the season it comes down to blind luck really so let's talk about how things go running through to the end of the season. We've got four teams playing 12 games the Blazers, the Wizards, the Bulls and the Sixers and all of them have a straight 4-4-4 schedule. We've only got two games to play, two teams to play nine games. The Kings and the Clippers and they've both got identical 2-4-3 schedules, so two games in the first week of the playoffs. Which, you know, two game weeks is oh, sorry, just hit the microphone. Two game weeks are the things we obviously just want to avoid. Like they're just not great at all for fantasy. We know that. Um, and we want to try and avoid those if possible. During this time frame, there are no other two-game weeks at all. There is a five-game week, though, from the Cavs in week two of these playoffs. That's They go 3-5-3. Three, three. So they've got two subpar games and then a, a nice five-gamer in the middle. Actually, that's not true. There is... Oh, no, there is... The Spurs, sorry, also have a two-game week in the first week of the playoffs. That's that two-game week we've been talking about through all of them. That week starting March the 21st, is where you have three teams play two games. Be aware of that. In terms of the lower end of the schedule here, only two teams, oh, so we'll talk about it, only two teams play nine games. We did that. But in terms of quality games, the Bulls stand above everybody else. Again, they play a, a stunningly um, a stunningly impressive schedule with 10 quality games on out of their 12. That's super impressive. No one comes close to that. And then on the other side, the Kings play three. So your fringe Kingses, we, know how, we have talked about how shit they are through nearly all of these. Bad schedule, bad quality games. So your DiVincenzo's, Holidays, uh, Davion Mitchells, maybe it's Chemezi Metu. Like they're going to, you're going to get rooted. It doesn't matter as much for a De'Aaron Fox or a DeMontis Sabonis. It does in terms of game volume. But even with quality games, it matters a little bit. Because you're going to start, on a high volume game, you're going to start Sabonis and you're going to start Fox. There's no, no questioning that. But by starting them on those days it means that it pushes everyone else back a bit. So those other guys, you just, you just marginalize your, your games played um, to a significant degree. So that's, you know, that's how it pans out. Again, the link to the schedule grid is in the Basketball Monster. Um, what's on Basketball Monster? And it's listed below in the description here on YouTube. I'm not going to go through and tell you what every team plays at all times. And working out trades, you know, trade this guy for this guy. It's not really how fantasy works. It's not about me telling you that. You can gather that from what your team needs, how your team looks, but take into account, not just total games played, work out when the games are played, avoid your two game weeks, be careful of the five game weeks, which might include resting, and look to quality games. There's your tiebreaker. That's probably, that's probably where you can get the edge. Right, trading a, a, an eleven-game player for an eleven-game player, like that, it might not seem like much on the surface, but you trade an eleven-game player for an eleven-game player, and that's a nine-quality game versus a four. You come out big, and it doesn't necessarily register to the other person. So that's really what I'd be suggesting to do. Digging in again, this is on our schedule grid. Digging in and having a look. And I've given you the extreme examples, the goods and the bads, but there's you know, 28 other teams in your in your specific situation. 
And that doesn't appear as obvious as a fleecing. And it's a lot easier to get over the line. If you, because it, it might not even, like, it might be a high end player who you're going to play every time anyway. But it just opens up. If your high end player is playing nine of their 11 games on the low volume days, that means that the roster spot that they would have taken up on the high volume days is now open for you to stream in, for you to add your back end guy in there. And you get that extra game that way. All right, so that is hyper important. It goes under the radar. And I think that's where you get the edge because everyone knows that you, you browse anything, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube videos, whatever. People talking about fantasy playoff schedules, you'll see the thing. Oh yeah, but yeah, you know, he's he's got you know, three, three, three in uh, in playoffs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's shit, mate. I, I don't want to pick him up because his playoff schedule is so bad. All right, that's what people focus on. And while that is important, you people don't go. Well, he plays you know three quality games, which is again really important to maximize. Because what are the playoffs about? Let's get the most games in as possible, and that's what people are trying to do when looking at trades to go, well, I'm going to get this guy who plays 11 versus 10. But that 11 guy, you might use four times or it might open up only four spots. Whereas the other, the, the 10 guy might open up eight spots. And it is a way you can win that is a little bit under the radar. And I say all that. Now go tell your friends about this show. Hey, let in the secrets. It's not a secret. It's, it's common sense stuff. But hey, I always want more people to find this show. And I'm always fighting against you guys because you don't want more people to find this show. But anyway, that's fine. We're here. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.